Where else can you go to not only find the information on how to train your dog, but the best deals on training equipment as well? Standing Stone Supply has everything you need to create that next versatile champion from DT system electronics down to even emergency med kits to take with you on your hunting trips. If you need some help with your training program, then their step-by-step online course might be a great fit for you, making it a convenient one-stop shop for the knowledge as well as the gear to take your training to the next level. Hit up standingstonesupply.com and promo code GDIY will save you 10%. Being an upland hunter in the south nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code G. GDIY 20 at checkout to save 20%. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The GDIY Spotlight is a monthly bonus episode highlighting nonprofits whose missions support hunting, dogs, dog training, and or conservation. At the end of the month, we donate 10% of Patreon proceeds to the featured organization. While the financial donation may not be much, It's our way of getting the message out and garnering more support for the causes that are important for all hunters, gun dog owners, and conservationists. Please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash gundogityourself to help support these great organizations in addition to helping out our podcast. We really appreciate all of our patrons, and as always, gundog it yourself. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the GDIY Spotlight. This month we have Trent Licklider with Camo. How are you doing today, Trent? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, man. Thanks for being willing to come on. We appreciate it. How are you? I'm better than I deserve. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Dave Ramsey. I was going to say, better than I deserve. What's up? <laughs> yeah, little, little Dave Ramsey. <laughs> That's right, man. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, before we get into uh, the uh, nonprofit camo, tell us a little bit about how you're involved with bird dogs and how you got started and all that stuff. Yeah, no problem. So my start from bird dogs came really young. My, my dad was a very, very avid hunter. Uh, my mom also hunted. Uh, she didn't have the bird dogs like my dad did, but, um, grew up with hunting my whole life. Um, my shot, my first pheasant like age seven or eight shot my first duck and goose at age 10 so, I mean, I started, you know, pretty young in the uh, outdoor outdoor world. Um, the bird dogs came to me. My dad had a couple, uh, a short hair in a lab, and basically just kind of grew up starting out with them. Was pretty blessed. Grew up in uh, central Nebraska, and at that time, even after school, I could just go walk a, a circle out on the farm and get a three-bag limit. So Man, that's it nice. Was very fortunate. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, I didn't know any different. You know, I thought that was everywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, that ain't everywhere. <laughs> okay. 
That's for sure. So uh, bird dogs came from, you know, basically my dad introduced me to that. And then I had a, a very strong background in wrestling. And so my dad um, was kind of my uh, peewee coach and kind of brought me up. And then through high school, I ended up going to college and wrestling as well. The problem with wrestling was it interrupted my hunting season. Yeah. So, so I uh, got into uh, dogs a little bit more in the hunt test world while I was going to college and kind of started that, um, started um, a couple of young labs. And then in 2005, started running hunt test and kind of got into the hunt test world. And so that was, you know, opposite season of, of wrestling. So it was kind of nice to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate. I grew up playing a bunch of different sports and, uh, had siblings playing a bunch of different sports and it, it can really take time away from getting into hunting and everything. So I primarily just fished in the morning then sports the rest of the day, but, but, you know, it also teaches you a, a lot in life. So, uh, you know, at least you're able to still make time with it, uh, around your wrestling. Absolutely. And looking back, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really change anything. You only get a wrestle. I mean, I'm 37 years old right now. I can't, I mean, I, yeah, there's still some guys wrestling, but it's obviously something I can't, can't do as well as I used to. And, uh, you know, hunting something that will carry on the rest of my life. So. Absolutely. So you want to go ahead and jump on into camo and tell everybody what, what that company is about and what you started? For sure. I'll just briefly explain. I actually, back in 2007, took a full-time job of managing an Orvis endorsed hunt club. And it's in uh, north central, or excuse me, northeast Nebraska, in Tacoma, Nebraska, along the Missouri River. And we're uh, actually up in the hills, but we're on the uh, the hills that um, overlook the Missouri River. And uh, started here back in 2007, and had a very, very, when I say very, it's very, very uh, young family. We had a two week old when I took the job here, so. Um, I'll go into that another time, but don't tell your wife right before she's going into labor that you're going to take a hunt club position <laughs> and move her and move her two weeks to the day. So. Mm, <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, I started there in 2007 and, um, my history there kind of started. I've always had this passion for, for bird dogs and then also mentoring in the outdoors and being in a hunt club not everyone can afford this kind of uh, hunt style. And so I've always had a passion for, you know, either kids or just newly um, outdoorsmen or women that don't have that opportunity. And so that's kind of why I started CAMO. Uh, CAMO stands for Canine Adoption and Mentoring Outdoors. So K and dash nine and then ment- and Canine Adoption and then Mentoring Outdoors. So with that title, and, it really sounds like if I just had to guess by by that acronym that you're pretty much a, a rescue that focuses on introducing people to the outdoors with those rescues. Am I am I on track with that? Yeah, that's kind of how it started. But then we've actually, I'll, to be honest with you, the canine rescue, which is we focus on sporting dogs, is probably uh, right now 70 percent we're a new company i mean we're a new uh, nonprofit. we just started last summer but 70 percent of what we're doing right now is a lot of this rehoming and then we do um like i said some scholarship hunts and then our guides that work at the club they help introduce young uh, young hunters and young outdoors men and women in the outdoors so but you are correct uh we 
we want to rehome these dogs that are they either uh, were washed out, they just might not make a guide string, or uh, or they also uh, might be retired. And I saw a need working at the club here. I was like, man, all these dogs that are getting up to that 9, 10, 11 years of age, um, it's like, what do you do with them? And yeah. so um, we we only have so many kennels, and you have to have a, a solid string. I mean, you can't go out there with four 10-year-old dogs and expect to do the same as what, you know, two, three, four-year-old dogs are going to do. Yeah. But- and so um, – it, Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, in today's world, the average person getting into this world probably looks at it similar to how we do it, do it with our dogs and their kind of companions. But there's still a large element in this industry that like guides and lodges, so to speak, it's they have guide dogs and that's their business. And so, you know, they can't they can't take care of, you know, 10 Ten-year-old dogs, they they kind of have to have, have a rotation with these to keep their business going. And and what do you do with those old dogs? You know, they they still have years to contribute and and live out. And you just don't want to go throw them in a regular humane society kennel or anything like that. And that's exactly right. And my aha moment was we were starting to get a lot of calls of people saying, "Hey." I want a, I want a dog that's about ready to exit. You know, I, um, I lost my significant other or I just got divorced and I don't have a companion. And so I, I was like, wow, there, there might be a need for some of these dogs and they could still hunt them two, three years. Right. And then give them a good, a good retirement, a good life. And then it also, as you guys know, a lot of people get into a dog and they're just not ready for it. They don't invest the time. And then their wife's like, Hey, you, you find this dog at home. And so we're kind of focused on being that matchmaker. We can only uh, house so many dogs, you know, at our facility, but we're also trying to, right now we have over 12 adoption requests and we're out of dogs. So I I'm very thankful for that right now. A lot of that's because of COVID, but you know, to just be that matchmaker. So we're starting now to reach out to these clubs and these hunt organizations and letting them know that we're here before we had, you know, six dogs and we were just, we were, we were full and now we have the room and we're, we're actually looking for more dogs now. So uh, the, the bad thing is about gun dogs, you know, they're, they're beautiful. That's not the bad part, but uh, they, they get into a home because of their good looks. Sometimes people think, Oh man, that's a great looking English setter. I really want one of those. And then they get it and it's bouncing off the walls. You could say that for any breed. Uh, could be a German short hair. I'll, I'll pick on my own <clears throat> breed that I have. Uh, you can definitely get a German short hair, have them in the house and go, man, this is not what I was expecting. What did I do? <laughs> yeah. And then basically want to get rid of it. So you guys are a resource for people that find themselves in the dilemma of, I've gotten this dog, but it's way more than I can handle, and I need to find a good home for it. Yeah, you're exactly right. We actually just had, and I'm not gonna go into names or anything, but we had an individual, and, and his he was honestly he was he didn't know what else to do. He did not want to drop this dog off to Humane Society. His wife was saying, "It's you or the dog, oh, and wow. so you make the choice." And uh, we were able to rehome that dog and we actually flew that dog out but it's just that guy that situation was a bad situation and we got it into a, a home that is basically a one-on-one now and it it's with that 
that new owner or new master now more than it's ever seen that kind of interaction. And so it's just, you know, it's just about that fitting. And we've had a few people like, it's not a good fit for this dog. Yeah. They, just like you said, that dog looks so cool. It's a liver own short hair. That's we it. want to try that dog out, <laughs> but, yep. but they're, you're exactly right. But then they, they're, they're telling me about their, their three kids and all the sports they're in. And I'm just like, how, how long are you guys home or how much, how many hours a day are you guys home? Oh man, we're, we're home like 30 minutes. And then we put the kids to bed. I'm like, that's not the, that's not the right yeah. fit. We yeah. took him for a walk this morning. We're not sure why he's driving us crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he's bred to yeah. run about 15 miles a day. That's why. <laughs> well, well, to kind of so, steer into introducing to the outdoors, the rescue kind of makes sense for, for somebody that's always wanted to get into this world and maybe they don't want to start out at a puppy or, or, you know, they just want a, a soft introduction. And it, this may be a really good opportunity to, you get that nine or 10 year old retired guide dog, but he also has years of hunting experience. And so you can kind of dip your toes in the water and find a an experienced hunting dog to help you learn as you get going and prepare yourself for the puppy down the road. So it's really a good stepping stone for somebody in that situation. Yes, I'd agree 100%. We've actually had a couple of situations like that. And uh, it's just like you said, they don't have time for the puppy. And, and we had a new hunter adopt one of our dogs named Gunner. And he went out there and, and he's sending me these pictures. He's like, it's just, it was like, Gunner was like a light switch. You know, he has quite a few years left in him, but you could just flip the switch and he goes to hunting. And then also he's, he's just a great family dog, but he was just one of those dogs that was a support dog and a guide string just wasn't a standout and it was time for him to find a new home. So you're exactly right. Yeah. May, maybe didn't make the cut on the guide string, but it'll make the cut for your meat hunter and somebody that just wants to enjoy getting outdoors and, and learning what this world is all about. So besides obviously the the rescue potential you, you said that you have your your club and y'all do a bunch of introduction hunts or y'all just throw in like annual fun hunts to introduce people and kids to the sport or do y'all do it more one-on-one basis somebody contacts you and says hey i want to get into this you know is there a way i can come out here and just you know see what it's about yeah the, the answer to that is both uh we we try to team up as much as we can with like pheasants forever ducks unlimited uh, national wild turkey federation and try to if we can kind of pool our resources together we can reach more people but we also have been doing uh, we did a couple scholarship deer hunts last year just one-on-one and then we did a couple upland hunts and those were one-on-one but we're all about the, either the group just kind of introducing them into maybe clay targets just to get them started, the safety, and just kind of get that uh, spark started. Because as you guys know, if you don't start the spark, it's, I mean, you're not get, if you don't get the spark going, you're not going to get the fire going. So Exactly. Um, and it's even harder to keep the fire going. So I'm curious with, with you focusing on this so much, how how's the return rate going for you? You know, I, I, just a rough estimate out of how many people reach out to you or come out to one of your events. Do they keep coming back or they really jump in with two feet? Yeah, we had uh so the deer hunt, as you guys can imagine, was very popular. We had more applications for the deer hunt than, than any other hunt. And it's just because it's on TV more and it's just something to where a lot of people don't have the resources to do a deer hunt, but you know, they might be able to go hit a public, uh, place in Nebraska. And so we had people from all over the nation apply for our deer hunt. 
And so it, that was kind of a, a neat thing. And we actually had more people reach out, say, are you going to do that again? And yes, we are just stay tuned. But as far as like the stats on people returning, we're just so new yet. I don't have a very good answer for that in a year or so. I'll be able to tell you a little bit better of how many people are kind of reaching back out to us and, and seeing if that follow up when we do our follow up, if they're still involved in the outdoors. I'm interested to hear about how far you guys are reaching with your uh, dog adoptions. What different states? You know, I'm not, not going to ask you to name all 12, but are you guys kind of getting out there a pretty good distance or is it somewhat local? We just actually sent out an email to Orvis Endorse Lodges um, through Reed, nice. Reed Bryant. And uh, we we did that because we're, we have uh, we had a adoption request all the way from Maine to California and a lot from down south, Texas area, a couple in Oklahoma. We haven't been, uh, I think we had maybe one in Michigan and one in Minnesota as far as the request, but we're basically, I mean, a lot of them have been adopted to Nebraska just because of the ease of the coordinating the travel. Sure. But yes, yesterday we just sent one down to Austin, Texas. And so really, I, I can't really say like the, the requests are coming from all over. So what's that process look like for someone that's wanting to adopt a dog? So if they could get on our website, it's camo inc, K-A-M-O-I-N-C dot org. And on there we have a surrender. If you have a dog that you need to uh, find a home for, we have a surrender application and we also have an adoption request. And so through that website is how we're and, and it basically just gets sent to our email right away. And so, um, you know, within 20 minutes of them filling it out, it'll be in, in our inbox. Awesome. So then do you guys have to screen them out and decide if they're qualified to get a dog or is it anybody that applies gets one? How's that work? Yeah, it's based on availability, but we're with the, the amount of requests that we have right now, I would love to be able to do some direct adoptions. Just like I said, we have a few in California that want dogs. And if we could get a lodge that's a little bit closer to there and they could just do a direct uh, coordination and adoption right through that lodge, that would be a home run for us. Just because, I mean, we don't have, at this point, we don't have 30 kennels that we can put dogs in. And we don't have the staff to run 30 dogs right now on top of what we're doing as a club. Uh, but as far as, uh, as far as the adoptions go... I mean, we want to get anybody uh, a dog that is that we see fit, and if they're if they're the right candidate, we'd love to get them a dog if we have the availability. One thing that's kind of neat that we're doing, I won't take a lot of time, but anybody that is part of the armed forces, military of any type, if they put in a request, we waive the adoption fee, and our adoption fees are anywhere from two hundred to five hundred dollars, and so they're very cheap. And some of these guys are getting a two thousand dollar dog if you'd go to the to the gun dog market. Yeah, and so our adoption fees are very very uh, low, but we're waiving those fees for anybody in the armed forces. That's really generous, and you know we've we've touched on it on this podcast, and a lot of people touch on it as well that you know when you're first getting into this world maybe a started dog or finished dog is a better option than getting a puppy and like you said i mean a started or finished dog can range anywhere from two to five thousand dollars and so with a lot of these dogs with you know some experience hunting under their belt you're you're getting kind of a steal of a deal here just for a few hundred bucks and and you're rehoming the dog and you're, you're kind of starting out with a a head start, so to speak. 
Absolutely. And and that's, a, I mean, like you just said, that it makes me feel good. You know, it's a, it's so easy to talk about this stuff. It makes me feel good. I, I know we're doing a good thing with it. And, and these dogs aren't getting put down if they don't make the guide string or they're getting ready to retire. So I like the idea of adopting a, a 10 year old dog that's been working on a preserve for its whole life. Uh, so if you come across one that needs a home, let me know. I haven't talked to my wife yet, but she'll probably be all right with it. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you are you wanting a short or pointer or you care what uh what breed i i like short hairs but. anything anything but a short <laughs> hair we're trying to get at no, them to branch out <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to get them oh, to branch good. out and experience something different <laughs> yeah yep so it you know how does camo work or do you have it set up to where people can donate or or subscribe and join kind of a a club to help you guys out in your mission is it, how can people contribute yeah absolutely so, um and i appreciate you putting that plug in there so we're trying to fundraise right now for for a new facility and it's just going to be a smaller uh, shelter but we're trying to fundraise right now so we don't go into a lot of debt and we're going to try to do a 10 to 12 run kennel with a small office. And the reason we're doing that is, is it's, we're doing, Pheasant, Pheasant Bonanza has been very generous to us, but it's not, you know, if this thing keeps growing, we're already outgrowing the five kennels that we have here at Pheasant Bonanza. And so we're trying to fundraise for that. And then anytime we get a dog in, we have the health checks. We either have to spay or neuter them if they're not already and then just vaccinations and boarding. I mean, we have a lot of expenses and we have been operating hundred percent on volunteer and just a couple subcontractors and we're not, none of our board members are paid. And so we, we have a place on our website that people can donate to if they feel, feel led to. And I know times are tough right now with COVID, but if they would just consider us in the future when they do have the funds, it's again, camoinc.org and then it's backslash give if you want to go right to that. But otherwise you can get there from our main homepage. Awesome. So yeah, you just mentioned the website a few times, camo inc, camo with a K, ink with a C. And do you have social media, Facebook, Instagram, something like that for people to follow you along? We do. And, and those are huge for us as well. We get more traction uh, through that and we're on Instagram with camo and we're also on Facebook. Awesome. Well, everyone be sure to go over and follow and like Camo. Trent, is there anything else before we wrap it up? No. Hey, and I, I just uh, appreciate what you guys are doing. I've, um, ever since, uh, you know, I, I found out about your guys' podcast, I've been listening to it. And, and uh, like I told you before, I was kind of a do it, do it myself or before. And I'm in the pro world now, but I am all for people doing their own uh, gun dog training. And anything we can do to help, uh, please let us know. Hey, thanks, Trent. Absolutely. Really enjoyed it tonight. Hey, thank you. You guys have a, a good Sunday evening. You do the same. Thanks for listening to this month's GDIY Spotlight. If you would like to see more on this month's featured organization, please check out our Facebook and Instagram at Gundog It Yourself. You can also find the organization's link through our website at gundogityourself.com. If you have a suggestion for a nonprofit that could be a good fit for future episodes, please send an email to us at gundogityourself at gmail.com. 
everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup just after a place it again in a year go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want if you're considering changing your dog's food soon then be sure to check out yukanuba pro performance their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance they also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active when looking at all the different food options remember yukanuba to help power their ultimate performance Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.